You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. To Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. The. The hardcore juggalo rap local news. Zing a dong bone. Fucking magnets. How did we didn't listen to that? No, listen. Yeah, we got Uh, I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. I'm Flea. Oh, no shit. Love it. Flea joining us today. Hey, guys, before we get started, can I read you a quick tweet? Yes. I missed therapy. And Pat will return my phone calls to record the podcast. So what do you guys want to talk about? Poor Eric. All right, I'll text him right now. Guys, my about reply was bad roommates slash good roommates. All right, I'll talk. Response, Wait, so you're gonna, are you going to Evan record? good, Pat bad. Is this when we, is this when we finally do Worst Possible Timeline Axe Grind crossovers since we're all here? We've done some, though. I don't know oh, if I've ever been on it. Yeah, we've had Eric on with you. We we've had Eric has been me on me and you. I've never Eric. gone on his. Oh, you've never been on with never. Possible. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I refuse to see what he's got. Call him. Let's get him live. No, he's depressed. Let me. I'm, 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 right. I'm, Why are you putting his business out on the phone? I put it. He tweeted it. Yeah, he, he tweeted it. He just said he missed therapy, and Pat won't look. Respond. He's looking. He's looking to lay in somebody's lap and have them pet his head. This sounds just, like is this a is that um like Eric's jawbreaker band. I miss therapy and Pat won't return my call. Yeah, man, I, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text him. Uh, what about our sponsors? Our sponsors? <laughs> ah. Um, Death Machine. <laughs> Closed Casket Activities. <laughs> to Live a Lie. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, Run for Cover Records. Hey, oh. All right. Um, I like that last one. All right. That's we're going to talk about... Um, let's see. Let's spend this sponsor break talking about every plate. No, uh, let's talk about <laughs> the anxious record that just came out on Run for Cover Records. It's doing really well. Yes. Uh, I, those are some friends. Uh, I'm so excited for them. Um, they, Pals of the Pod. What's that? Pals of the Pod. Yeah, Pals of the Pod did an early action, live on Action Grind, maybe number two, I believe they so. They gave us a shot. They gave us a... So we're shooting back. Take a chance on me. <laughs> um, and uh, the record, a Little Green Home, is doing really House. well. People should check it out. House. Little Green House? Why yeah, do you, I say it you wrong say every home time? You say home I know. Time. I literally yeah. talked to them about it. It's like, Little yeah, Green House. Little Green House. I say it, and then I think, wait, I'm wrong. It's interesting, because I don't... Which one would you go to naturally? House. Little Green House. I never say home. Yeah, I think I'd probably say home, house, too. Home? Like, I'm going home... Oh, I left it at my house. That's right. Home feels much more like a concept, whereas if let's I'm go home, like a destination. Yeah, if I'm right. describing something, it would be house, likely. Yeah. And now you guys see that this was all a skit about that. So, Little Green House is doing really well. Cool cover. And you should check it out. Cool cover. Um, 
designed by a children's book artist who does really cool work. Did they do something that went along with that? Like early? They did in a uh, promo EP that was a children's book with a seven inch. Sick. Yeah, it's really cool. And they're so, out right now? Out right now with Knuckle Puck, Hot Mulligan, and Meet Me at the Altar. Please go check them out. Go to runforcoverrecords.com, buy that record, enjoy it. Do it. Yo, uh, Death Wish Inc., friends and well wishers of the room, uh, just did that big vinyl sale. I think that went wild for them. I hope so. I mean, I know I did. I People did my part. Went crazy. So, um, big shout out to them. It's also like just nice to clean. That's right. You know what I mean? For anybody that's ever had stock mm-hmm. of anything, mm-hmm. it's nice. Even if it's I like, would do that in my house. If I could be like, come in my house, mm-hmm. like these things are off limits. Right. The, the, like the, the, my dog ashes, the caution, the caution tape around. That's that. Don't touch that. Like stuff. shoot. You know, like you want that couch? Twenty bucks. Just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like oh yeah. To just strip it down <laughs> because I can't do is it this. Is this our million dollar idea? This is our death wish ink inspired idea. Axel Grind comes and we will sell your house for you. Yeah, you just let us know. We run we an have estate people, sale business. We, yeah, we, we but like while sale, the person's still alive. Right, estate sale for the living. Listen. Right, everyone wants to hear their eulogy while they're still alive. I want to see my estate sale while I'm still around. I go, you, you sold that fucking framed fucking Here's, Here's Gone record for $3? Every, I want to yell at somebody. Yeah. Every day. But when they're like, but we did sell your forks for five. You'd be like, all right, all right, all right it all bounces even. out. I'm sure. here. I'm all right. All right sure. Every day. I threaten my father that every day that I've been home, yeah, yeah. I threaten him with a biting uh, eulogy that undercuts him and, mm, and makes him mm, look bad. Mm, mm. Uh, and while he's alive, I say, if my mother, if my mother dies before you do, I'm putting you in public housing in Baltimore. That, that's what you're doing. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm just. You're on your own. Because we, we watched some. Clip. You know who lives in public housing in Baltimore? Tell me, Carmelo Anthony. Listen, and he would love to hang with Carmelo Anthony. He would love to, but, yeah, talk basketball but, with but, Carmelo. But I watch. Uh, oh, here we go. But, oh boy, hold on. Hey, Andy, you're you're actually uh, on X to Grind by accident. I was calling you before Former we started Death recording because uh, I had a, a question that could certainly not make air. Uh, but, what was that? No, I no can't we can't say, say it. I, we're, you're on the air. I can't Hi, say Andy. it right now. Hi, Andy. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, how's everything going? Good. I just got done shooting a video for Hostilities. Oh, good for you. Uh, yeah. I, I want to ask you about bands that are cashed, and I can't do that on the air. Yeah. So, so I want to pause for a second and ask him. No. So I will, I will call you back afterwards. Okay, cool. All right, goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Andy. Bye. Um, former Death Wishing employee. Shout out to Andy Rice. Uh, Death Wish, this is what my call is to you. Nothing specific other than you got a taste of the quality of Death Wishing's distro. Go back and be a repeat customer. They're doing great things. Good selection of merch. Really good spread of their distributed labels. Big catalog. You probably saw stuff in that sale that you didn't know they even had. So go back to deathwishing.com. Uh, spend... Let's see. How long do you need in a, a distro on a website? Five minutes? Oh, no. I'll, you want an hour? What do you want? I don't. You want a half <laughs> hour? I mean, jump. What I mean, are I mean you, know, about, you looked man? at me like I shot your dog, so I'm trying to give you I more time. I need 15 minutes to do anything. Okay. Okay. You want 15? Give, Is me that 15. What give me 15. Give us 15 minutes of your time. Look through that store and tell me you can't find 
three oh, things to buy. Are you kidding? In fi- okay, sorry. Oh, forget it. You, you, you were asking me a question, and all I was focusing on was the words. Yes, in yes. 15, that's how that works in usually. In 15 minutes, you can find... 15 minutes, you're you're spending your rent yeah, on, on, de- on Death Wish. Yeah, okay, yeah. five. Take five so you're not bankrupting right. the family. Give us five minutes. We'll, we'll give, give you the, the hardcore. There you so, go. Deathwishing.com. Thank you. Um, what were we talking about? We are talking about you being a bad roommate to Eric, being a bad friend, being a bad podcast Threatening co-host. my father multiple Threaten times Threatening your day. father, yes. So... So we, wa- we, we watched one of these YouTube Charlie Bow videos where he drives through the neighborhoods that are mm-hmm. dilapidated and everything. And there was this one part of Baltimore that looked like something he, my father couldn't wrap no, his head sent, around. It sent him, huh? I mean, he and, could be and, Frankie Cannon just hopping a fucking Buick and, and just drive around. Well, I said, this is where you're going if you don't straight your act This is where you're going. Out. Exactly. Mm. By the way, everybody, what kind of trouble, if we put it, your, your pops down there for a year, what kind of trouble would he be getting into? I think I, he'd be pretty grim, pretty dark. I, I mean, I don't know. He he says that he didn't wouldn't want to live without my mother around, but that's what you're supposed to say. Oh, great, that, great <coughs> answer, immediate great, great answer. answer. That's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, but, yeah. but uh, I mean, I do. I mean, if we're being realistic, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast, mm-hmm. so we can delete it if you don't. But like, dude's been in prison. He's like a he's like got a, some TLC. He's, he's like a, a fat survivor. old Irish guy, but he's been he a can, fucking he like he's it. not a he's. He's he's, he's an OJ uh, a little bit. He's done some time, so like he's it's seen, not. He's seen some stuff that I wouldn't have the stomach for. I'll that's say, what I'm saying. I'll, I'll so it's say, not like you're not that. sending like your your father who worked for like the electric company until he was 80 down there. You're like Listen, this dude's like a fucking pretty tough dude. This is a thing that you guys can reflect on. Now, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem as a, as a soft man, mm-hmm. right? Sure, I'm delicate. I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. Stay puff, yeah. But I'm sure this applies to you fellas too. Do you ever reflect on how much tougher your fathers were than than you are? Yes. You ever? You ever does this ever hit you? Yes. Mm. My yeah, father sure. my has. Father, yeah, my father lived a rough life. Yeah. Yes, my father has seen horrors that well, I don't want to absorb. Wimps comparatively, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like I don't. I wouldn't. Grandpa want to, died I, on front lines. That's what I'm saying. I, that's yeah. not the life for me. Yeah, not Bono. <laughs> have like, have I like. I told you about my father. Is he doing it again? Yes, of course. He doesn't. You don't even know your own shit. No, I, don't I didn't know, know that he either. He picks up three or four lines and he goes, "Wait a second. I just that no. It's just that he's speaking in gibberish. Or he goes, like, oh, wait a second, "This is really good. I should write this down." <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. "This is brilliant." Uh, yeah. Everybody, that's the uh, that's the Bob challenge where he quotes my own lyrics back to me when they're when they're in context and the conversation. For this, is for new listeners, and Pat and, has no idea. And I never have. I now pick up on it. Yes, because he starts speaking in poems, and I go, "Wait yeah. a second, wait a second. Bob's doing something. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. something." He's um, brilliant. Whatever he's saying is brilliant. All right. Uh, what were we talking about? Dads being yeah. tough. All right. Yo, what, Your father's but, bigger than you or smaller than you? No, I'm taller than my father. But when I was probably 14, yeah, 14 sounds right. right? Maybe freshman in high school age. Uh, I got a bad grade on something. And he was, I was, he calls me in his office. And he's like, what's the deal with this? You're not doing the work. I know you, 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 can, you do can do this, this yeah. in your sleep. What are you doing? And I think I got lippy, and he got mad. And then I was up off the floor very quickly, and then down on the floor very quickly. And are you sure you want to do this? And I said, no. That's a good answer. Um, I am very sure. That I because I believe I, the, the part I skipped was where he's like, oh, you can do better than this. And I think I questioned, I was like, well, how did you do when you were in school? And his answer was, well, I did fine. Exaggerated pause. When I was there. Which I didn't yeah, yeah. realize. Oh, okay. He, he was busy uh, hustling liquor on Sundays. Yeah. So um, as a teen. Wow. So uh, yeah, no, that was a uh, a good learning experience. Also, I mean, my dad was five seven, one fifty at his. He was one hundred sixty pounds at his biggest. Five foot seven, one sixty. I'm literally double his size. Yeah, yeah. 
he would smack the shit out of me right now. <laughs> you would have to jump up to to hit your chin. I, that dude is fucking laid out bigger man than I. Mm. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Whatever. But, anyway, so I'm I'm picturing a situation yeah. where Frank, you know. Uh, when the day comes, I mean, I've, at this point, at this point, I think he's living at 2050. So it's going to be 2051. It's he's an endurance run for my right, mother. Right. He just keeps going. Yeah, How old is your dad? You know. 79. How old is your mom? 11 years younger. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Gosh, okay. I think he, he so unfortunately, it's time for you to write the eulogy. But there's a little note in his last will and circumstances. It's the little cartoon guy with the nose over the brick wall with his middle finger up. It says... I want Tim to write my eulogy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Was that or H, was that crumb or whatever that yeah, fucking? Yes. What's that thing? What's that thing called? I'm going to open up the paper that you, that uh, like I prepared some. Yeah, like yes. you go in your jacket pocket. Yeah, you I pull go in my jacket out. pocket, and I look at it for a moment. I pretend to sure, right. well, you up, wipe away tears. Well up a little, right. yeah. and then I turn it to the crowd, and it's just. A, a computer printout oh, of, your butthole? Calvin, of Calvin pissing on my father's face. <laughs> and, and I go, <laughs> bad boys club around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Patrick puts on some sunglasses, <laughs> right, throws the, the paper on the ground and walks out the, of the building. Yeah, from the, the ceiling, sunglasses come down <laughs> yeah, over his face. <laughs> Pwned um, and then walks out. <laughs> uh, well, we know how how your uh, friend of the room and former roommate Eric is doing. How are you guys? How's everybody feeling today? Million bucks. Million bucks. Million bucks. I feel great. I just, I'm now fed. You guys might have yes. noticed I was uh, starting to get quiet yeah. when I don't eat. Yeah. Uh, that's because I don't like to be angry, right? Because angry is like no, shut up. no good energy. I just become a little sullen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just gotta a little, get that food. Gotta little, get that food. I, yeah, I'm low blood sugar. I gotta get the fucking You get food. a haircut before this tour? <sighs> I thought that, listen. I got to have a talk with justice. I got to uh, like, it, there's a lot of us are making the wrong hair choices. You're making a wrong hair choice. I think that, I think that he is trying to wear a hat and mm. that's how he's trying to like, man- but he wore hats even like in the TUI day. So it doesn't stand out. I was thinking about wearing a hat. You, you know, but you no, no. <laughs> you look, dude, yes. When you wear a hat, on you look like you're on the way like farmer John <laughs> dude on stage. You with a hat, you look like you're going to hospice. Yeah, I, uh, so well, you and I both share a similar hat aesthetic, which is like the very curved, low-profile hat yeah. that you pull down. And as I always say, like yeah. get white guy gas station at the end. Of yes, it. Yeah. correct. Is it fully curved? Is it bent in a V shape? That might have a crack. It doesn't matter. The V crack, like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, on no stage, you have to have a very specific feel because there's also a twist. That hat gets pushed up a little bit, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you might as well be wearing a Von Dutch trucker hat. Yes. Uh, sure. I, also, I think that the only people that can wear hats on stage are if you're a noise core band. Like, so if you're unsane, nobody wants. You're, it's not about no. But you're wearing like a Peterbilt mm-hmm. hat. Uh, yes, yeah. that's a fact. And and or if you're going for like a kind of like jockey pro core thing. You can kind of do. You it. might. You might. Yeah, but you here's might the do thing. A flat brim. Try you ever it's the new worn- flat brim you got for sale in the back, and you yeah. might. You might shake it out. I'm like, oh, these hats are fucking ripping, man. Thirty five dollars in the back. Go get it. I'm gonna text. Do, you, do we think that Jay Papito, formerly of Reign Supreme, now of End, ever a flat brim on stage? Yes. No question. I think I've seen it. Early, early, I would say no because he's got really good hair. He's got no, great hair. He has really good hair. <laughs> early Reign of Supreme, I think he had it up a little I bit. You text him right I'm now? Gonna, I'm gonna, no, I'm going to text Clint because uh, I, I don't have Jay's number. I'm going to text Clint and see what's up. Yeah, I, I haven't talked to Jay in like two years. Look, like, weird has, question, bro. Jay has very good hair. So Sharp was attack. Yeah. Shorter shorts I've ever seen. Great hair. 
All right, so so Pat, uh, your hair is borderline Lego hair. Do you know what that means? <laughs> Hell yes, borderline. And I think y- when you you get trimmed up, when you go to right wing haircuts, you'll be you'll be good. My girlfriend says that it looks like nobody cl- would claim me. Like it looks like it looks like I don't oh, belong. Like, to, like, I don't belong uh, to like anybody. the little puppy. Yeah, like I just like. She says that I have to clean up for her benefit. Like, so like if there's photos and whatnot. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Doesn't like, reflect. She's well. got to yeah. You got to reflect. Be a good reflection. Like which, where it's not the, uh, the like. Oh, that's your boyfriend. Uh, is he is he making a face? Is that like a Halloween costume or? Yeah, oh no no, it's just what he looks like. Oh, okay. he chooses yeah, to wear his hair like this. He's in doggy cute. dog. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's giving me like a community like college like teacher vibe. Did he? Did he but just like, finish? Uh, clean out a grease trap. Oh no! I was going oh, for a, a Lyle oh. Preslar uh, mm. sort of cut. I mean, you look like a professor on sabbatical. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'll like uh, I'm sick of people. Thank you. You're like a biology teacher at a community college who's on sabbatical because you you, you broke the chalkboard because the kids weren't listening. Thank you. That's yeah. I mean, um, but you yo, look better with a haircut. How? Wait, I just want to ask Don't how we all. How yeah. how inside we just went when we just said Jeep Pepito ever wear a flat brim like this yeah we assume we assume thank you, <laughs> oh, thank you I mean Wayne Supreme and End were pretty big could be both. someone's yeah. first episode so uh, <laughs> thank like, you who the for fuck being is here. Jay Pepito <laughs> I also referenced right wing haircuts was a joke that we talked about an hour ago so I'll ask it on the air um, do you think a place that only does like high Clean fades haircuts, like yeah. like military style haircuts that is a joke name, right wing haircuts, and the people, the owner proprietor is clearly making a pun. Anything, Could it float? anything but right wing him or herself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the uh, the proprietor the is opposite. not. Yeah. Could it be? Could the gag work? Because everybody knows that a proper right wing haircut is a sharp haircut. Right. But nobody actually wants the association. Correct. Could right. you do the joke? As as three dudes who end up mm. with, with what could be described as military-style haircuts. Yeah, it's Hitler youth haircuts. Yeah, 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 because it's what makes our heads look okay. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it is the thing where I get I get the, uh, you in the military? And I'm like, no. And they're like, are you sure you get a discount? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not in the military. I would have lied and been like, yeah, I'm on reserve. I think, it's, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's funny as hell when people are like, you serve? And I'm like... How low do you think the standards are? I like ba- I like. You should try it next time you're at the co-op. It'd be like, uh, do you guys? You, you do the military. <laughs> the military You've been there one million times, and now you're gonna ask for the military. You do a military discount? Yeah, but why? I say, oh, good to know. Yeah, just 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 curious. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about it, might sign up. Uh, okay, what what's on our mind today, guys? On our mind is a loose talk. We're gonna be loose if you haven't guessed that yet, people. I did have a few things I've been pondering. What are realistic expectations for a hardcore band? Oof, this Zero. Is, this is such a good topic. Yeah. You know what they <laughs> are? And then frame it. We, we were loosely talking about things, but like, let's pull it all the way back. What are realistic expectations for a hardcore band? None. That's my answer. You really can't have any... Like, You can't be like, I'm going to start this band, and we're going to go... Like, At least in my experience, Pat, speak to me about it too. Okay. I, when we started Indecision, I had zero expectations other than that first show. Like, we're going to play the show. If you were like, you ever going to play the city? No expectations. Are you going to play with Madball? No expectations. Are you going to have a seven inch out? No expectations. My expectations are like, we're going to go to the tape 
fucking uh, the tape shop that makes all the you know your demo mm-hmm. tapes. We're gonna buy fifty demos, like, and that would be it. Yeah, like we'll, we would never to, sell shirts. We wouldn't have. We'll give them to our. We'll sell them to our classmates, but mostly uh, we'll end up giving away. Yeah, like I don't think mm-hmm. I, to, to have any sort of expectation. I mean, as you kind of progress, you may have some. Well, there's, but, like, there's you probably need to thresholds you have temper to temper them, right? No matter what. So, yeah, and you give your answer, and then I have a, a way for us to guide and navigate through what is a murky topic to talk about without being shitty to anyone. Okay, good. Uh, I think... Uh, oh, shit on everybody. I'm ready. I, I think, <laughs> I think demo good. is completely appropriate. I think seven inch is completely fair. I think... As an expectation. Yeah. I, for anybody. Like, I think a demo should be your expectation. Demo, because well, because a demo... It's self-funded. Should, not always, but... If you are a new band, somebody's doing something, self-releasing your demo is a logical step. You know The sure. expectation that someone is going to come to you, yo, if you play a show and you don't have a demo, that's cool. And if someone came to you and said, yo, you guys got to go record a demo, I'll put it out for you, banging. So, right, then you won the lottery. But, yeah. but Exactly, you won the lottery. But the expectation, like, hey, you can release a demo because it's not like a, oh, you... Oh, you self-release your own LP. Like, not that there's a stigma against that, but it's not the same. Like, if you want to go self-release an LP, please do. But, but that, that shouldn't feel- be the expectation. Being able to expect that you're going to put together a demo, that's just on your own back, right? Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. I think that a demo fulfills one half of the thing that you do as a band. You record music. The other thing that you do is play music live. So I think a a bare bones expectation is uh, bare bones expectation is demo handful of shows. Okay. Not no expectations about the shows themselves. They'll be no they'll expect. Be, they'll yeah. be asked. Yeah. You should. Yeah, oh, please. Yeah, that's fair. It, um, I think that those are fair. I think and then there's aspirations. That's a different topic. Different topic. And we should get to it. Now, I want to pull back for a second. Tom, indecision has, um, to my understanding, and you can clarify for me too, but the start of indecision is kind of this like start, stop, start, kind of like, it's not like you guys are like, boom, we're indecision and we're going and this is it. No. Right. So walk me through in a you know higher level version when you version. actually thought like, wait, we're a band who does things now. Um, probably... And like, let's still stay pre-records, like pre-seven inches, like when the demo, like what do you consider a demo era for Indecision? Because you released a couple. A ton. Like yes. we didn't have, uh, we even, t- like we pulled, like yeah, yeah. when we first had a seven inch was the first time and I was like, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And that was, we were around for two and a half, almost three years before yeah, yeah, yeah. he had anything. Right. And the first time that I was like, we might be onto something was we... Oh, I think I told the story because it's like one of my most favorite stories ever. When we played with Madball at Wetlands. Yeah. And Justin was in high school and came home from high school. And his mom was like, Roger, Roger. Moret called? And Justin's like, pardon me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he got on the phone and was like, yo, um, Madball's playing in May. We need uh, Trip Face can't do it. And they suggested you. Do you guys draw? And Justin's like, oh, no, sure. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And then we did. And it ended up being like, we got to pretty big reaction and then like from then on it was kind of like i mean then from there to like a year later we were like 
headlining CBs in front of right. four, 500 people. Like, right. so it was quick. So that's, but, but that's it took where it three happened. years to get to that. So up until essentially that point, you're saying that you had your expectation of what, where Playing things bunk were going to go. shows, putting out, like, I forget what the name of the tape place. And it would literally, like, I mean, this is probably fucking foreign to most people. Like, it, it was somewhere in Brooklyn. You'd go, you'd give them your tape that you got from the studio. <laughs> yes. They'd put it in. And there was a wall of tape recorders. Yeah, duplicators, right? Like, uh, yeah, and like it looked like you know, and like they'd be like, "How many need a hundred? And they'd put a hundred tapes in and fucking and put a label on them. And it would be done in a little while. Yeah, like come back tomorrow and you'll have a full fucking you know. Mm-hmm. And then we'd go to Staples, do the fucking covers. All yeah, the but like we there was no um, we were cheap when we didn't do the printed on the cassette. Fucking oh, demos. you were cheap. Fuck, you did the we sticker did the labels. stickers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with the you know with. All the, you know, name of the band, name of the demo, all the songs, how to get in contact with yep, us, all that all sort that of stuff, stuff on there. the sticker, which I mean, unfortunately, worked out against us because like it had Justin's house when he grew up, where his mom still lives, and people like right wing idiots call his house. To, you know, <laughs> Yo, uh, right? Listen, garbage people, man. Political people. What is your fucking problem? Yeah, yeah. that's that's some next level. All right, <laughs> what is your problem? So I'm I'm creating two parallels. So we're gonna get back to this, but but essentially. All the way up to that, where you get this kind of like we got weird, a break, we got a weird breakthrough call, yeah. right? A break, and then it turned it, it turned well because there's a reality where it's like, oh, maybe some weird thing happened and a snowstorm and our friends didn't come out or we didn't get a, as good a reaction as we would have hoped, and it's like, oh shit, how different are things? But it 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 finally broke, and in your own head, you're like, whoa, we might be onto something. Yeah, like we played like a very definitive like it was like it was Billy Club Sandwich's first show ever. Mm-hmm. Powerhouse, Indecision, 25 to Life, Madball. Madball calls out the original AF. Yeah. So it was Roger, Stigma, Kabula, and Will Shepard played drums, so it wasn't Gladdy or whatever. They did Power and Victim in Pain, one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my entire life to this day. Yeah, I believe that. And like that was like, I think that was like the soft launch of AF coming back. Yeah, I think so. Because they did shows at Wetlands like, Later that year, the actual two, like reunions, those yeah. two year shows mm-hmm. at the Wetlands. But yeah, after that, I was kind of like, all right, we didn't, we held our own. Like it, yeah. usually, you know, we go and play like in Scrant, you know, Wilkesbury or whatever, yeah. Austin Shutdown, you know. And it was the same. I mean, it was Austin Shutdown and Fury Five and and Candiria sure. and all these bands. And like nobody was killing it, mm-hmm. but it was like we our friends would travel, so I'd have six people singing along. But it was like I I knew their birthdays and social security numbers. <laughs> it wasn't that fucking cool, yeah, you know, right. like. But that's how it starts. All right. So the parallel, Patrick. Yes. Uh, we can trace back. You've done other bands, uh, but what band would you do? You want to talk about end of the year? Yeah, anything All you right. like. All right, demo. You do a demo. Oh fuck, man! This is now. Right. I said yes to this. And now and I now don't you're remember. like, well, I'm I don't remember. I'm not fucking. But thing. I'm thinking about this in a different way than than um, Tom, but also really different. You guys kind of you moved. Not quickly, but it was like you did a demo and then you eventually did a full length thing. But I don't know if you, where is your catch on point? You know what I mean? Like, where is your, whoa, we might be. Are you looking up your history here. on Wikipedia as we talk, what are we doing? <laughs> like Patrick Kindlin. Yeah, I spelled like, it wrong. How did I start with an A K I N D L I N? I don't Why have, isn't anything coming up? I don't have a ton of working memory. Um, so I've always been more ambitious than I should be with right. these things, right? Yeah, well, right, yes. So that's part of it, right? Because we don't have particularly marketable sound, and I always my here's my thing. I say this a lot, and uh, not everybody agrees. I think that <clears throat> you should 
always want to do the thing that you're doing to the hilt with the understanding, with some self-awareness. I, I, I like the guys who have no self-awareness. I think they're fun. I think that some of them are like on a beautiful path to like weird, like sort of disappointment and misery. But yeah, uh, I, I think that it's, it's a cool personality to have that weird, like Steve Jobs lack of uh, kind of uh, uh, self-reflection, humility. And, and, and yeah. uh, you know, I think that there's something to that. But what I what I will say is that if you're playing active rock and your goal is to fill stadiums, it's one un- in a billion. Sure, right. What are your odds in hardcore? To fill to fill a stadium. stadium. There's one band that's done it, and that's and I don't consider them a hardcore band. So what do you want? Oh, who's that? Misfits. So like, I mean, and they filled an arena. Yeah. So there you go. So, Not even a football stadium. That's so, right. They got halfway. Okay. Ish. Can I we, mean, I, can we give them credit? Let's give them credit. Well, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick's like, credit. respect on their name. The Misfits. <laughs> but I mean, think the about, most unexpected yeah. turn of 2022 yet. <laughs> I just listened. This is your a, Joker moment. It's Patrick's a lot. Like, it's a lot of seats, man. It's a lot oh, it's of still 20,000 seats. Yes, it is. But it I is. mean, think of how many, how many hardcore bands get to headline a show, a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With five, 600 kids there. Oh, I mean, a gross minority. I mean, I mean, one in a million. Not one in a million, but one in ten thousand. I'm just going. I don't know how many. I don't know. There's a lot of hardcore bands out there. I know, but I don't think a million. No, but I'm saying like I'm yeah, saying yeah. I'm not saying there's a million hardcore bands, no. but like the percentages. Let's yeah, say a, oh shows too. Yeah. Um. Well, I think that you just those bands from Rhode Island from like twenty years ago now. Like mm. Lightning Bolt. Oh, sure. I, yeah, think yeah, maybe, yeah. I think maybe Black Dice was in there. Is that the right band? Sounds sure, right. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, those bands, as much as I did not like their sound, took an unlikable thing. Mm-hmm. Arab on Radar, that, yep, that, that yep, type. Yep. And blew it up. And right. did the absolute most you ever could. I mean, Locust, too. Locust, sure. Unlistenable. Respect mm. on their terrible, And we're playing in front of eight, name. 900 kids everywhere. A huge... It's Ugh. trash yeah. and respect on their name. I can't. I would pay to see Justin Pearson and Pat Pat uh, Kinlan fight. Um, so similar. He's uh, he is probably an inch taller than me. Oh, okay. Weird. Okay. So 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 you've always been more aspirational than you should be. So even with the start of end of year being a pretty humble beginnings with a boombox demo. Yeah. 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 Um, no, you guys persevere. If, if somebody handed me a boombox demo today, I would spit in their fucking. You would. Face. You'd, you're pro or Pat. I would say you get this piece of shit what, the fuck away. From yeah, me. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time traveler Kang the immortal <laughs> ports your 2003 self and h- tries to hand you that demo. What do you say to him? Fuck out of my face, bro. You know what I would say? Do you know that? You know that part in uh, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Uh-huh. Why don't Three thirty-five-year-old men have two hundred dollars. <laughs> That's what I would say. Right. I, I would. I would say. Why don't the three twenty-somethings? Uh, yeah. Scratch together uh, two fifty to Wait, go you're, record. You're twenty-three, and you, you, you can't. There's five of you. You can't yeah. pull tips and get two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> 
you all can be working minimum wage jobs doing this, right? You know? Right. So that's what I would say at this point if somebody had me at Boombox. So <clears throat> did you have aspirations that you would tour, that you would do anything beyond we did this demo and maybe let's do a 7-inch? Because you didn't do a 7-inch first. You did a, a like CD full length. I yeah, think. that's yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I'm a... Uh, yeah, so I, as we talked about on a previous episode, I don't come from a traveling family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So seeing, self-starting to see the, the United States was on my agenda. So we would, I wanted to get to the, I mean, it was like, sorry, everybody, bad reference in 2022. There's a manifest destiny aspect yeah, yeah, to the other, know, si- other side of the country. What a, it sucks that it's so negative because it's such a. It it's sounds so cool. A brutal time in human history. Yes. But a, it, what a cool term. Yeah, cool Unfortunate term. Unfortunate for the circumstances so, of history. So, getting across the United States is like, Tom, you remember an ambition. Of course. Think about the first time that you put your feet in the sand. In, or in the Pacific Ocean. In the Pacific yeah, Ocean. Yeah. And I go, can't wait to play that show with five people tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all worth it, boys. <laughs> we are. Oh, look at this. I fell off the stage at what do you, become do you, the Who has money reaction. for gas? Yeah, yeah really. Um, so, yes, I had those ambitions. Okay. Okay. Um, but I've again, I've always had like an unhealthy, how far can you take a thing? So that I don't think you should have necessarily. So that's that's that brings me back to center here. The first stage of a hardcore band is the aspirational, right? Yeah. How much of that is based on sweat equity and work? Oh, I mean, uh, we can all say from experience that we meet people who have put in zero sweat equity and expect the fu- a lot of returns, the fucking yeah. world. Uh, and on the flip, the flippity flop. There are people who busted their ass and got nothing to show for it. Ain't fair to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you you get. That's all. It's a dice roll. Life is rough. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like, as I always say, I tour the United States multiple times a year. At any point, front end blowout, send me off of a fucking cliff careening into the ravine <laughs> you know what i mean the the amount you think about it is really disturbing i saw yeah. i saw two what three years ago i saw somebody disappear like just they no longer exist and right. it gave me the perspective to say that happened i'm not kidding if i blinked in the way that you might blink for like a second to rub your eye i would have missed this person die you right. know what i mean well you don't know they died we That's need to true. figure out how to hook you up with highway safety so you can get on some like true like maybe like the soundtrack to saving lives on the highways, the interstates. Here's the thing. Hi, my name's Patrick Kinlan. Welcome to Love's I think that there's Don't drive overnight. There's You'll a die. danger. Don't don't there's drive a, in Salt Lake City for any time between Yeah, yeah. please. Uh, you do not need to drive overnight from uh Salt Lake City to Spokane mm-hmm. for any mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but the uh it's a terrible, terrible yeah. drive. Anyway, um, the sweat equity thing, uh, how much of it is based on that? Like, look, like, I don't think we're telling anything out of school. There's, there's bands that have faked it till they make it, and there's plenty, of, there's plenty of them. It's called having friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And some of those bands are great. Look, mm-hmm. I'm going to list a lot of advantages over the course of this podcast. It, you still have to be good. You know what it is? PEDs, Barry Bonds, as everybody says. 
all the PEDs in the world wouldn't make you Barry Bonds. Same thing. If you are an exceptional band that happens to have rich parents and uh, uh, a ton of friends that can come out to your first 10 shows and all that shit, uh, you still need to be good at some point. You know what I mean? Like we can't take everything away from you just because you had advantages. No, that's 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 the single that gets you on base. Yeah, a lot of things, and and that can be made up for with hard work and and doing the right thing and just pushing. You know, doing the right thing is that expression. But yeah, you were born on third. Yeah, but I've still seen a lot of people get called out at home plate. You That's know what right. I mean? Like, so they get tagged get in a rundown. Yeah, you know, get picked I mean? off on third base. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm not trying to take anything away from no, because there was a lot. Man, there was. I spent a lot of time when I was young, being like, man, those fuckers who were born on third. Oh, and, like if you took away the issues of like, but but then you you, you hopefully get a little older and go. Those, that doesn't ensure that doesn't ensure you score. Yeah, that you doesn't want, ensure you will get you where you want, want to get, get to. You go. want me to get heavy for a second? Oh. Biggest advantage you can have in all of life, a privilege that some people do not enjoy, is having parents that, lo- that love you at all. And yes, there are people that don't get that. Yes, and if you are dead broke, but your family is dead broke, but they will let you live in their garage. They will. You know that you have some place to fail back to. Yep. Uh. You might as well be wealthy. You, you know what I mean? Because you you have a thing that a great many people do not have. Now, would it also be nice to actually be wealthy? Yes, that would be nice. But yes. it, it is when you when we talk about privileges. This is the thing I got to check myself on because when I when I see a motherfucker who's very rich, and I see them kind of manipulate in a situation to make it work for them, and like I'm always like. You fucking rubes out here are falling for this dumb bullshit. Yeah, you don't need to do this. You don't yeah. like. But like, yo, I mean, I, I was, that's, they're taking advantage of their, the, the opportunities in front of them. Right. Which are more myriad because they got resources. Right, right. And my resource is, you know, how many times have I called my family and said, I need 200 bucks now or they'll kill me. You know what I mean? Like at least twice. You know I mean? Wow. So, so like, the, 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 you don't know about his, his, uh, his, uh, import export. Business. They got sideways there. That's the, uh, 2011 to 13 era. Patrick. Wow. The Art Vandalay yeah. era. So like, my point is that, you know, look, everybody's got things that work for them and things that don't work for them. And, and, uh, it does nobody any good, honestly, to, to sit in that funk of like, Oh, this motherfucker was born rich. You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't got a time machine, nor can I get different parents. So what the fuck is, you know, whatever. So I try to check myself on that. Back to the point. Um, the, the, uh, our ambitions related to this, our ambitions are often, but not always informed by the people that were around at a young age. Mm. Right. Mm. So if you have, there's a, there's a friend of this podcast that I, I, I hope that he is, He's probably listening, and I hope he doesn't know I'm talking about him right now. Yeah. Uh, hope he's happy and healthy. His, he got the opposite of what I got. He's got parents, but in no way do they support him or make him feel like he's capable of doing the things that he can do in life. They cut him down and try to make him feel like he doesn't deserve good things. If that is what you're raised under... It's very hard 
that's like a that's a weighted blanket on you. Yeah. It's very hard to get that off. You don't even so it's awful. Wh- what I'm trying to say is all of our expectations and ambitions are informed by our parents, by the people that we surround ourselves with when we're young, and then there's this X factor which is your personal ambitions right right a band that we talk about on this podcast we don't have a lot to say about their last album but it they they're still an important band code orange jamie is without question one of the most ambitious people i've met in hardcore right like he's a dude with a vision he's a dude that wants things for his band you know what i mean and i think he's insane a third of the time mm. but like he enacts his vision and carries it right. to the hilt you know what i mean so like and I don't think that that's the res- and the result of of anything. I'm not taking any shit away from his folks or anything like that. But I'm saying like, yeah, right. I think you could drop him in any situation, and he'd figure it out. And he yeah. would say, "I'm going to be the boss in two years." You, mm. you know what I mean? Like now we can look at that and go like, "You don't know anything <laughs> about bioengineering." Why? Why right. you, you know what I mean? You're the janitor. What are you talking about? But he's that type of personality. Jamie, Jamie Hapreet. You know what I mean? Sure, like, sure, sure. There's famous, a lot of those Famously, types, yeah. that type of personality, right? And I think that that's like, those, those people would exist anywhere. But then there's also personalities like mine, I'm sure, where if I had parents that shit on me all day, might be a different man. You know what I mean? Man, could you imagine that? Jesus I cannot. Christ. I have oh. the gift of not. But, yeah, that's right. But Same. The, the, but, but what I'm saying is, these... Things like imagine growing up the son of a billionaire. Different expectations. Right, 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 right. Right? Imagine growing up the son of a marginally employed dock worker with a back injury. You know what I mean? Right. Different, Different expectations. expectations. Yeah. So so this is all to say, um, we have a nice thing in hardcore that we don't talk about enough. We have true working class bands. And a spectrum, a spectrum that runs all the way up to a history of the children of the diplomats. That's right. That's <laughs> you know right. I mean? no, like, not not wrong at all. So when we talk about those wheels, keep each other moving. Yes, and we can we can paint some of these places like DC as the sons and daughters mm-hmm. of diplomats, mm-hmm. and New York as the more like a street person almost yep. fucking thing. Yep. Ex- glaring exceptions in both. Both communities. Both places, yes. Yes, yes. Glaring exceptions. Yes. And uh, I think that that's, as I get older, that's a thing that I actually appreciate about about hardcore. You know what I mean? There's definitely a disparity. And I say that in not the negative connotation that I think sometimes it takes on. There's a disparity between, of of wealth, and uh, in in the population of hardcore. And I think it's dishonest to say that it's just people from upper middle class backgrounds or just from a working it's just all it's not it's a real it truly is a spread um it's interesting that it attracts so many well and that's a fun thing to explore to be honest it's not yachting right right. and it's also not shooting rats at the local dump right it's 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 the other yeah it's a middle ground so so i i mean that that is to say like what aspirations and expectations are tom when you went from Indecision to most versus blood. Did those expectations change pretty significantly? 
I mean, yeah, I mean, because it, it has to because indecision. You guys, it was like one from zero to like even if it was zero to three, right. it went from zero to three. Well, I mean, like let's 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 do let's do miles per hour. You went from zero to sixty with indecision. It took a while. Oh, yeah. But with MPB, it feels like you started at least uh, that engine was purring at fifty. Sure. Yeah, but we had no expectations of like, you know, we figured someone would want to put out our bullshit, you yeah, know, yeah. or like, but like we started, it was like, hey, it was only for the weekends. Like we're not, I'll take time off to like, not a touring band. Like this is what it is. And all of a sudden, like a year later, it's like, oh, cool, I'm in a van for my job again. Like, but <laughs> that was not the expectation. It was not the agreement that we had. Right. You know? Yo, do you think of that? I mean, I think you have some pretty fond memories of MPB. More than indecision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do you think That's about do you think about the path yeah. that you take if you guys if you said and let's say it's full buy in, the what if here. Guys, I know we're getting these big offers. But we said weekends and and you know, a couple weeks a year. Let's figure that out. Because I don't want to be in a van as a job again. And then somebody else raised their hand and goes, Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Would it have been different? I mean, would we have had the incendiary plan before incendiary? Maybe. Well, that's a good point. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny to think about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but because we that kind, kind of, of like, acceleration, like that's the fuel for expectations that change. Is the idea like, hey, we're now going to put in this much work, right? Yeah, and at the time it was kind of like, this, we'll do as much as we can, but like, y'all motherfuckers burned me already. Like, I'm not, <laughs> right, right, I'm right. not changing this shit again. Like, I'm not quitting a job. I mean, I didn't have like. It's funny the job I currently am like the the. Big yeah. fucking the cheese cooner. at yeah. the senior director at was a job that I had during MPB, and I quit that job to go on tour full time. Came back to it, mm-hmm. and they let me come back. Wow! And then, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think you know. Question for you: When I said mm-hmm. that I had more MPB yes, was more, yes. <sighs> We're gonna like get I had this. more positive. Well, I was a little surprised to hear it, just because. Yes, most precious blood. You were adults. Uh, you probably felt like you had it more dialed in, and it was more your moment in some ways, right? Like, like me personally, no, the, or the band. The sound was cresting. Yeah, we dialed it in a little bit. We got way better at what we were trying. Not to Not just that. A sound that there was there was the potential to make a living playing metallic metallic influenced hardcore at that moment. We did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we lived. Like, paid New rent. York City rents. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was cool. Like, yeah. Uh, and that comes and goes, right? That waxes and wanes. Sure. That, 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 like, try playing that style of hardcore for a living today. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah, no one's making a, you know. So, I understand why that would be exciting. But in decision, you were kids. Yeah. And being a kid is exciting as fuck. Yeah, but mind you, we were all, I mean, it's still kids. But, like, when we started really touring, touring, and, like, going to Europe and stuff, we were 21. Yeah. Okay, but that's still, listen. We're still kids, I mean. It's not that. It's it's, you're young enough that Europe, if you don't come from a family that travels to Europe. I'd never been to Europe before (laughs) being in a band. Yo, quick question. Have have your siblings been to Europe? After yeah, they went after right. You guys went well through. yeah like well I have two old I have two sisters that are much older than me mm-hmm. even though it's, we're all like same parents yeah yeah but like, they went to like Ireland for like a, like three weeks 
Like my little sister and I got stuck at fight. We went to Disney World in Florida, in Miami, <laughs> right. where I realized that they have red ants and oh, yeah. palmetto bugs. Oh yeah. And then the rest of my mom, my dad stayed home because he was like, "Fuck all of this." Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy <laughs> some time. I'm just gonna like sleep on the couch and I'm watch chilling. fucking Mets games. And like he literally would cut out because it was '86. He cut out every box score and oh. put it on a card for me when I got back. That's wow, so that's cool. nice. That's so I'd be cool. like, and then he taped every Dwight Gooden start. I have every Dwight Gooden start in like 85, 80, 84, 85, 86 on tape. Yo, that <laughs> like with the, v, might with be... the commercials cut out because like, you'd be like, all right. Stop. Hold Yo, on. That might actually be valuable. Footage, I'd like to, to get honest. it. Yeah. You should get it digitized. Old guy moment. We've yeah. talked about this on air, I'm sure. The Daily News uh, uh, Mets. Yes. Full prints. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I got them. <laughs> you got those. I also okay. had RC Cola cans from then. Oh shit! I don't we, remember that. Yeah, for the 80, when they won eighty six, there were two. There was a blue one, a blue set, and a pinstripe set. Mm. Got them both. Nice. Like until like my mom moved out of the house like twenty years later, we still had them. Yeah, yeah you got it. But to me, the reason why I look back on MPB more fondly than Indecision, Indecision was ours that we started from the ground. We all went to high school together, like yes. whatever, whatever. But like in my head, I can pick out like. Five to ten indecision shows that were like lit. Yeah, yeah. MPB, I can pick out five to ten shows that were like, yo, that was bunk, and everything else was pretty lit. Yeah. So it's kind of it's like a good feeling. Yeah, but I mean, like in indecision, I could be like, wow, like I we I mean, like we did a fucking tour. I was talking about this. Us, us, Silent Majority, Millhouse, three bands. Our guarantee was five hundred dollars. We were out for two months. We got it once. <laughs> and it was at the Barn in UC Riverside. Shout out to them. Shout out to College Budgets. Best bathroom in on tour ever. It's cool. Like I was like making myself have to use the. I'm like, do it while you're here. This is fucking. <laughs> I just gotta feel good. Um, so it was like stuff like that. Like CBGB shows and stuff were always lit, but like we like ran New York and then nowhere else. Yeah, right. yeah. Like right. Albany was like they're cool, but yeah. like it wasn't. But then like most passion blood comes back and it was like I remember like Philadelphia always hated us. Mm-hmm. Literally played a show at Burn. Everybody walked out. You, mm-hmm. yo, you pulled a real rare thing, Bob. How rare is this? Could you name some where you you reform essentially? Yeah. I know there's some member changes, but not like, really. And I was, the record is indecision. Is that right? Nothing in vain is me, Bago, Pat. No, me, Pat, Rachel, and Justin. Okay. The only guy that's not yep. in it was Bago. Yeah, yeah. Because he had quit indecision years before. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's literally them. And then like Matt Miller joined. Matt Miller's in the layout in a crowd singing along to MPB and on stage with MPB. In the, the same layout. layout. In the layout. That's, so that's fun. And then our drummer joined after Pat did all the drums. No. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. So. An example. Na- name a band that reformed and people were more excited. Because you were away for a couple of years, no, whatever, right. whatever. Well, I mean, the thing was, up. we weren't. I mean. What's MPB the started Tom like Tom was away for a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, MPB That's started. That's the difference. Something happened. My phone fell. Oh, okay. The, oh, I'm oh, afraid you, that I'm going to turn this. Oh, you mean the legitimate the version of the band? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was out of indecision August of '98. I was MPB's first show was October of 2000. It was only fucking two years ago. Two years difference. Artie's generation was literally a year and a half, mm. and we had started. MPB formed like. We did, um, there's this band, Dead Air, mm-hmm. that was like dudes from Candiria mm. that did like a like Smashing Pumpkins, like Pink Floyd band, but they were always like, these dudes know how to fucking play. 
what they did, they formed Dead Air, put it like got their shit together, put out like an album worthy demo, then started playing shows. Mm. So like we're going the Dead Air out, we're fucking writing a record, we're writing a demo, practicing and playing. That demo is gonna be out before we ever play a fucking show. So our first shows at Lemore's, the demo songs go over just as much almost as everything else. Yep. Mm. So that was like the point. But like. And we played, and then we also played Indecision Song. It's like, dude, right, right, right. we—I mean, we had the—we lucked out. I mean, well, you we got the best of both the, worlds. Yeah, yeah we yeah. wrote the songs that people wanted to, like, of ours that we wanted to hear, and it wasn't weird to kind of be like, "That's like, oh, it's the same guy. It doesn't matter." But why do you think that people are more? I'm not shitting on Artie. I don't know Artie, but like, but why do you think that people were as excited as they were for Indecision to hit the ground running? Do you think that that like? Do you think it was a MPB to hit road running? Yeah. MPB. MPB to hit the ground running. Oh yeah. Do, do we think that Same it was? Oh, the real singers back. Do we think it was like that? I don't energy? know. Well, I think it's twofold. I mean, not to make this a fucking Tom Sheehan episode. No, we a lot of them we make the Patrick episodes. So but please. so it's weird because I think to some people they're like awesome that dude's back. I think. Like indecision with me, with like the second record was out for a month before I was out of the band. Most Precious Blood, the record, came out Father's Day '98. I was out of the band in August. So no, I didn't get to play like most of most that Most Precious Blood record. Indecision, Most Precious Blood. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I did one tour. Last show was Austin Harvest at Coney Island, and then I was not in the band anymore. So it kind of like was like abrupt. Already brought a completely different energy. Yep. And for better and for worse. Some people thought it was the fun, coolest shit ever. Sure. But there were some like, funny enough, all the tougher dudes mm-hmm. gravitated towards me. Even yeah. though they got tougher without me. Well, yes and no. They got... Heavier so and like fucking got, more They aggressive. got heavier, but it was... Uh, I mean... But like all the... like You have more of a... I'll say this. No, again, this, I don't think Artie would take yeah. any offense yeah. to this. You have more of a New Yorker sort of vibe. Like a respectful, like, hey, I like that kid. He's respectful. Well, Artie was going for like a... Sam McFeeders a, and Paul Bearer. Yeah, That's what a, he was. A bootleg yeah. McFeeders. Yes. So, and then... But I think it's funny with MPB, I feel like there's only two... Almost like my era was two eras. Because when we put the demo out... People that did not like Indecision loved the demo. And then we put the record out, and people that loved the demo didn't like MPB anymore. Yeah, yeah, but we got a whole nother crowd of people. But there were like like faster, like faster kids that like fast hardcore that liked well, I like the MPB both, demo. But, uh, I think the MPB demo is like... I know you hate it's, it. It's hack. Oh, no. I don't agree with that. Bob, would you... Would you, you, would you got the... You got this, the Mentat from Dune brain that's, yeah, taking, yeah, yeah, that's sure. taking notes at the moment. Put a pin in the idea that I've never met a tough kid who liked Born Against. So there's a fella who roadied for the casualties who looked like a power lifter. Okay. Who uh, Poison Idea played CBs and it was awesome. Like they were awesome. I know who that is. You know who he that passed is? away. Yes, he did. What was his name? I don't know. But I feel like that might be the only one who I'd be like. He was like a punk, punk powerlifter. And I'm like, Huge. that guy might like Born Against. But you're largely correct. Is it because is it there's like a neener, neener energy to yes. McFeeders? 
that, yeah, I that think like, it was tough, guy, leaner, tough guys. Just yeah, everyone went sick of it all, and he then leaner, they went. Like, but even then, you know, you think ABC about no it. Rio was not welcoming to that type of. Person. No, but it's but here's Tom. Here's what I'm saying. It's it's decades now. Yeah. Like, why couldn't a tough guy now like Born Against? I've never met one. Because I mean, I think it wasn't. It, this is a culture that's like handed down, like. From Maybe. person to person, and I it's think like, there's that, but I think that the same way that we said the Sam McFeeders, there's like a boot like Sam. It's not neener, like you look like there's neener, neener energy, and neener, neener energy. Oh, it's not tough. It's not tough, but it also is like neener, neener isn't confrontational. No, neener, neener is poke and run, poke and run, ha ha ha. I'm I'm down the block laughing, yeah. but you can't catch me. Right, one person that I probably could say that's legit fucking tough that probably likes born against. Mm-hmm. Gavin Van Vlack. He sure. probably does. Yeah. Because I feel like Byrne played some of those, like, played, go played with Born Against. Born yeah, Against sure. shows at, like, ABC. Mm-hmm. So I would I would say he's probably one of the one of the tougher people I know generally. And then I think he's one of the few people. Because I think he he was, like, always the weird artistic I sort know, of but I hope guy. you get a text that says, I bent that nerd up. I mean, he probably, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, <laughs> he definitely put someone in a fucking, yeah. Look, look, I punched him a couple times, but then after that, I liked the band. He'd be an asshole. Yeah. Um, neener, neener energy. So, <laughs> so, I mean, somebody come get, get to the, getting to the root, and I think that what you've been talking about a lot with the MPB stuff is that you just had different, you were in a different space with it, and you were different goals, and where you start is really different. Just talking about this holistically, and there's a reason for it. It's like thinking about this. You see bands who do Sorry. way more than it seems like they ever expect they do, and it's almost sure. like they're like, "Oh my god!" I think so that's cool. most bands. The I think most it's bands, most bands that break too. through. Like, I think all right, too. so Hatebreed. Jamie was like, "This is what's happening." Yeah, I want. My I'm going record. to make this happen. Yeah. Yes. Like, sure. Like, TUI. Have heart. None of these dudes started this band. Was like, I'm going to be the biggest band in hardcore. No, None of those dudes no, did. no. I mean, Tui caught wildfire, but like from the demo, but from the demo, but ca- but catch justice talking about like Nick X Fury. That was a band that was around that he was in. Sure, that yeah. didn't do nothing. You know what I mean? And then it was like, okay, so there's some honing of chops from when you start your first. And I don't think that was his first act either. No, but you definitely get your shit together. You, you start to you get kind your shit of, together, right? This is my style. I mean, I also had a chip on my shoulder, so I want to fucking destroy everybody, right? Which which helps, and yeah. you know you know it a little bit. So your expectations your first time, but as you continue, you start to know the ropes, right? But then like yeah. like, like yo, have heart. It's, it was certainly not overnight. I think they'd tell you. They they essentially they Every started oh two oh three you know, and they um, started taking off like oh six oh seven oh the first LP comes out oh six that's where, then, where, where what what it counts where um, um sorry I'm a new Jack no it's okay uh, it's the um, Pat you're on Wikipedia why don't you look it up I'm never not things we carry it's the things we carry oh no no there's a record before that the uh, yeah what counts EP comes out oh four. Oh, that's what it's I'm like thinking of. So, so it's that that gets a little groundswell. Yeah. Like they do a demo, then uh, what counts? But like they were doing full U.S. tours in like '04 and '05, like touring all around and right. like playing so, like, a bunch yeah. of shows. Two mixed responses. Yeah, sure. you know what I mean. And and then then it, then business picks up, and it was then like that a, first oh LP is like mm-hmm. oh boy. Mm-hmm. 
And then, and, yeah. So it's it's sort of that. And yeah, the demo is 2003. Yeah, 03, and, and then and, what counts is 04? What counts is 04. Yep. Things we carry is 06. 06. Uh, uh, June, uh, uh, b- 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 maybe the first week of June. 23 versions. Um, yeah, there's been pre-pressed quite 23 a few 23 pressings. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, variations. Yeah, too. so yeah. that could include CDs and whatever. When's the, well, la- and like when the last record come out? Uh, 08. Yep. They broke Correct. up in 09? 09 yep. last tour, yeah. And they did that last tour knowing it was their last tour. Yeah, right? it was announced as it was like, like announced the as their last tour because they were going to do a last show. But did like, you do hey. that, Pat? You did some of that, right? Did mm-hmm. the tour, yeah. yeah. The last tour, yeah. Lit everywhere, I would imagine. Uh, yes. Albany wasn't that lit. I mean, and, Albany yeah. was not lit. And uh, there was uh, one... What's this, the Tennessee Johnson City? Johnson City, Tennessee wasn't that. Lit. But but for Johnson, I mean, Johnson City, City, it was like a hundred people, and it was like, all right, well, it's cool. like the biggest show we had in years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know why Albany wasn't that. It's weird because it, I think they played earlier. You had, on you the cycle. you you booked Have Heart a few times in Albany, and they always did well, and it was kind of yeah. I don't know. Albany's very hit and miss, though. I don't, yeah, I, that one I don't know why, but certain bands pop and certain like. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't know why. At any, at any rate, the, the show... That was were, the show that um, Ryan from Half Heart watched you to the ATM with a knife, right? That's what it was. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> that get, makes that, sense. get me the fucking money. He said, oh, turnout wasn't what you expected. Mm-hmm. Sorry to hear. Was it your name, little Bo Peep? Or, <laughs> or are we going to get that money? Sorry to hear. Uh, so, so this is about expectations, and so um, now I want to flip it because this is the part that's a bummer. Oh, what happens when somebody thinks they didn't get what they should have got? Are they kind of salty weirdo. I mean, is that almost everybody to a certain extent? Uh, it's a lot of people, but like even those, there's tears to those too. Okay, but like I feel like you, you know, like. Even Pat, egoless Pat, who doesn't care about anything. No. Egoless Pat. No, that's my ne- you that's know me. this motherfucker goes like, yo, Drug Church is litty as fuck. And there are bands out there that couldn't hold your fucking sneakers. You know what? The- that are bigger than you. And you go, oh, fuck this band. Listen. Well, you know what he says. You know what you do before Enlightenment? Chop wood, carry water. And you know what you do after Enlightenment? Chop wood and carry water. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it, here, here's the point um in regards to uh I, I it's a good question actually i think that there's a number of bands that were better than that are bigger than us and but do you catch like certain feelings and you go like How well i mean honestly in our scene not i uh, this is not because we're a big band at all we're not a big band but in You're our scene, pretty fucking big, dude. You, no, no, no. In our scene, two hundred thousand people a month listen to your shit. It, it, but it don't mean. It, listen, in our scene, that don't pay my cable bill. It don't, yeah, exactly. In our scene, I mean, you don't pay your cable bill, but who, I mean, whatever. Turnstiles bigger. They deserve to be bigger. Sure. No offense. Um, Fiddlehead bigger shows. I don't think they have as many listeners. Maybe by like a third. They're in the sixties or seventies. You're at like two hundred ten. That's interesting. I, we should. Get, I feel like they feel big. On, we should get Pat to talk about this because. Oh, but they would do bigger shows than us for sure. Because it's once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but 
here, here's the thing. The bands that are bigger than us in our scene are people that I respect and think deserve to be bigger than us. To an extent. But there are certain bands that we've talked about today mm. off, offline that are definitively bigger than you. And you're like, fuck this band. I'm trying like, to think of which band that would be. The one they were talking about immediately before we got on the stage? Because I don't think they're bigger than us anymore. Um, I mean, there's certain bands that you've probably opened for. Oh. In the and you know over the years that you're like, come uh, on, well, man. Well, I'll, I'll like, say this. I'll say this. Okay. There are bands that, that we've opened for that I think that we're better than. But here's what, Tom, this is where I do become egoless, Patrick. Are you ready for this? Part? I don't know if I am. Uh, this is where we get the, um, oh, put on the camera. We got to put this up on our like yeah. YouTube teaser. Okay. Yes, thank you. Um, there is Damn. nobody... There's nobody that we've opened for that I think we're better than that doesn't service their audience better than we do. They, they, or they, if I'm being cynical and looking at bands as brands, mm. the bands that are bigger than us that we've opened for that maybe I think aren't fantastic bands or whatever, yeah, they make their fans fucking happy. Do you know what I mean? Like they service their audience. Yeah, but like, don't you feel like, yeah, we should be able to do this? Nah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think that the old, uh, he's doing the old gray mashy. Ain't what you used to be. Yeah, everybody. I'm, I'm doing a. Uh, I'm doing my steps at the moment. I'm. I've got 142 out of 250 at the moment. Mm-hmm. He can't sleep unless and, he gets to 10,000. Yeah, and I got to get to my 10,000. So is it 10,000? Uh, I believe it is 10,000 a day. Um, is that what, like two or three miles? Something like that. Maybe five total. Mm. Um, so anyway, the. Uh, oh. Bands and brands servicing their artists, their audience. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, that makes sense. And I think, I think also like, yeah. I'm not trying to shield myself from like a feeling of defeat with this. I don't think, but you tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's like, okay to understand that you have limitations. Yes. Sure. P- porn actors deliver better than I do. Hopefully. Depends on who you ask. Hopefully my sure. girlfriend still loves me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, right, but if all you did was act in porn, yes, you'd probably be a lot better at it. Okay, well then now, now you're t- you're taking me in a t- totally different. It's direction. like how do you get the cat? You know, how do you get <laughs> the Carnegie Hall? I, practice, yeah, bone and bone and bone. Yeah. yeah, well, I just think well, I think you what? got. I think, fellas, you missed the point a little. <laughs> now, now, what I'm getting to is uh, natural limitations, right? Yes, like right. Oh, I see. Could I ever? No be- matter. No matter. No. There's not enough practice in the world that's going to add four or, inches to me. It. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah, it makes sense. So, so no amount of weights I can lift that sure. will make me. I mean, you might be able to put something that stretches. I mean, whatever. Right, well, um, we'll look into it. But it, but here's my point. Um, I think that like, okay, unsaying the band, right? Sure. Enjoy a bunch of the records. I think they're coming back, maybe part time, whatever. Yes. But yeah. but they their last few shows, and maybe the reason that they decided, hey, we got to put this away for a second because we're frustrated. So the last few shows weren't lit. Right. And after 20 years of being a fucking band that is like really well regarded in their scene. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and I feel like their, band, their shows hurt. Yeah. So they're probably like, I can't do this anymore in front right. of nobody. Yeah. yeah that hurt. Nobody, like, they feel yeah. like they hurt. And they never got bad. If you like, no. I've, I said this, if you like the first Unsane record, you like the last Unsane yeah, record. Yeah. Which is pretty hard to fucking, yeah. It's remarkable. Now, they got frustrated and they go, yeah, listen, maybe fuck this for a minute. Right, whatever, I'm going right? to open a tattoo shop or whatever. The yeah, fuck whatever it is. <laughs> one of them, yeah, no, right. one of them did actually. Hey, yeah, left wing haircuts. And, and yes, the the uh, 
So if you were insane, you'd be insane, you'd be unsane to think that you technically deserve more. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not trying to take a thing away from them, but like you do something that's so goddamn niche that like it's hard. I don't care who Is you there are. another band of their ilk that got bigger? Only if you include acts like Helmet, which I wouldn't. Which you would. Eh, I wouldn't. Jesus Lizard. Uh, Jesus, yeah, yeah, okay. Jesus Lizard I'd put in there, maybe. Helmet, I mean, Helmet, too, though. Like, the weird kind of noise. Like, Helmet. Yeah. Uh, Helmet. Amf- like, Amrap kind of. Helmet are posers. And, <laughs> and. Well, I mean, because Paige Hamilton's like a fucking like classically trained musician that happened to be slumming doing noise core. Because, because they're. They had parts that were clearly trying to be likable. You know what I mean? There's, they sang. Yeah, exa- Unsung is a hit because he sings. Yeah, and I'm not mad at Helmet. I'm just saying no. that there, there's a... For I, every in the meantime, there's a song that he sings. Yeah, and yeah. and and Unsane never produced anything that could be... Scrape was their biggest hit. Yes. And if you listen to that it and go... It sounds like a scrape. It sounds like it hurts. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, what do you expect... And what do you expect is a niche thing, period, right? That's right. But yes. people don't have, like, I feel like people need, like, someone to kind of be like, let's have a come to Jesus moment here. This is as big as it's going to get for you. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. Like, you should be stoked that you got this far. Yo, do don't you know be mad that fucking Turnstile did bigger than you, have Heart did bigger than you, whatever. Someone has to be able to have that, like, yo, you should really appreciate as far as you have come. But that's that's the issue is the green eyes. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's how often in the I didn't get what I thought I should get manifest, and that is the ugly version. That's, that's not the, that's, that's the extroverted version of this sucker mentality is what that is. It, it, it's uh, shitty. Yeah. It's like, look, man. Either you didn't do everything the right way, in which case, just own that and go. Uh, Maybe on the wheels of in the, on the wheels of karma, I'll be resurre- uh, I'll come back as somebody that gets a second shot. I tell you, if, uh, if your eyes are too green, you're gonna be resurrected as a little fucking frog. It's or, or, just find other joys, pivot to other yeah. aspirations. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, take your wins. Look, man. I got a question for you. I'm gonna just get dark for a second. Dark. If you wanted to be the biggest band in the world. And you ended up as a happy father of three. You, you, sound, like, you sound like a fucking asshole if yeah. you're mad. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. There's people That's out, true. There's people out here dying of cancer at fucking 24. What are right. we talking yeah, about? Yeah, or four. Yeah, yeah. what are we That's talking right. about? Here's my question for you. Cause, cause I, and I want to expound upon this after I ask you. Have you ever? Do you have those moments that you go like, I can't believe this is happening to me? Like when you get up there and there's fucking 400 kids singing along to fucking weed pin and you're like, I can't fucking get over this. No, well, this is where I become immodest and say, no, because I think that's a good song. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, of course, but still. And he's like, they don't know my secret. I've never worn dress shoes. <laughs> All right, here's my question for you too. And I don't, because I love drug church, love drug church, but I don't know your, like your history with those dudes. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about this, and I and I talked to to, to Jay and and Mike about this, and like it brought me such like fucking joy that I almost like teared up, because I know that feeling because I've experienced that with Justin, mm-hmm. watching them from Fya, 
and watching however hundreds of kids fucking yell, I feel the fire. Yeah. And they literally, like, look into each other's eyes and go, like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> like, to each other being, like, we did this. Yes. Like, holy fuck. Yes. And I've had that times with Justin that we go, like, holy shit. Uh, listen. Dude, there's fucking, you know, like, every person here knows the words. And, like, we have that, like, fucking minute that we're, like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe this is happening to us. Like, sure, like. We may think the songs are good or not good, or there are songs that we I think are better that we don't play because no one cares. And and we've been in bands that people haven't cared about. You and, know what I mean? And, like, and, and I mean, Mind Force know the struggle. That's what I'm saying. But like, is there ever? I don't know if you have a a dude in your band like Jay has Mike that I had Justin that was kind of like motherfucker, we did this, and you're like so incredible. It's like this. Oh. So you know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like you had that like, yo, remember when we wrote this in the bait? Like every you're saying like an hour's worth of words in two seconds of look. Like remember when we fought about this song in the fucking basement? Well, and fucking, you know, like uh, well, I, we had one occasion where we got bad news, like just very discouraging, very discouraging news right before we got on stage. Mm. And then we played a really good fucking show, which usually is how it works. Yeah. You like go like, oh, I like to balls out. I like, like to fuck. load right on, like no sound check. Everybody's stressed out, like I just at fucking each other. bang it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got really bad news, and it was like the type of news that some bands might break up because it's just so frustrating mm. and discouraging. Yeah, you know? and uh, we played an awesome show. Sure, really fun. Uh, and uh, afterwards, like one of the members who doesn't take his shirt off was had his shirt off in the fucking green room and was just like, yo, I don't fucking care about any of this other shit. If you don't want to continue doing what we just did, you're a fucking moron. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. and, and, and yeah. I, that's a real moment. And I think that that's like to a point, like that's to a, that yeah, that's same idea. That, it's that kind of like, yo, yeah. what we just shared up there, yeah. you're um, out of your mind. If you don't want to do that, yeah, as much just as you can. Dumb. So like, it's the greatest feeling in the fucking universe. Really great feeling. Uh, and I don't like I'm vi- I come off as a fucking asshole when people tell me, oh, this like famous person for lack of a better, like mm-hmm. whatever, like notable persons, famous person uh, really likes your band. I always go, ah, well, that's cool. I, you know, I do, too. And and but it's, it sounds immodest, but it's like no disrespect to the musicians that I'm talking about. Who who are bigger than Drug Church by a wide margin and really like Drug Church, but that's the way it's supposed to be. I like bands that are much smaller than mine. You know, what right? I mean? right. Like, All right. So give me one celebrity. Can you say one celebrity that's no. so big that it doesn't matter? Uh, he may like, or may not. I'll 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 play. Like, I'm going to put his business out on Front Street. Oh, we got somebody. You know, you know TV pretty well. Yeah. Little sitcom. Mork and Mindy. Two and a half men. You're Charlie Sheen loves your shit. Charlie Sheen's big and fan. And John Cryer big comes dressed up as Ducky. Charlie Sheen checked it out for the name, found mm-hmm. out he liked it. I can't tell if he was being serious. Because, <laughs> no. I mean, I was, he's, he's drunk and he's like, I'm in. No, no, no. There's a couple of musicians. The reason that I won't, uh, the reason I don't want to say them is A, because maybe I'll come off as tacky if I say them, but also because. But I'm asking I, you, you're I not bragging. Act, but, but I don't actually like their music. So well, and, and like, look, the call from the edge for a future tour might come. And you know you don't turn down YouTube. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, but but I think that here's my point. I think that musicians. I lo- I mean half the. This is not with any fucking ego. 
The younger bands that we talk about on this fucking podcast are smaller than my band. Yo, I like those bands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're right. My, they're I, my, but you know what though? They probably go. Ah, oh, it's fucking sick. The dude from Drug Church likes our shit. Oh, that might be true. But but probably not. I hope that they're just like. Yeah, you should cool. like it. Yeah. <laughs> our shit is good. We're, we're pretty good, man. Yeah, 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 you should like it. What Fair. do you mean? You say you like good hardcore music. This is what we, we do. We make good hardcore music. Yeah, yeah. Need a dick. Yeah. So, uh, the the. Uh, so I don't know, I, Bob. Is this answering your question at all? No, we're, we're 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 it is. It's playing around because it's it's a real loose subject. And I also, it's one that it I gets think nasty is, though when you right because this is coming from a conversation we had off air yes. that I will never tell you. Yeah. So don't DM don't me. DM, don't text me. Don't DM. But there's a band that there's a band that we know that's mad salty. Who's maybe a little salty for no reason? They got a little brine in their fucking blood, and uh, it, it we were just reflecting on the fact that. That's an accomplished act who's got who deserves something, got a lot. It struck us as as peculiar that they wouldn't be kind of like reflect on what they've experienced and say, happy with the set. That was good. That was really good. It got like further than ninety five percent of hardcore bands. Yeah, just a good thing. Well, and that's the part. So it's to say because I think there's a lot of people who listen who are in bands and have done the struggle. Are in the struggle, right? Or never struggled, or have never struggled. And that's okay, and it's it's kind of fun to hear the whole thing. And and I also think there's people who are not in bands who do something creative, who have been in the struggle, are in the struggle, or who have never struggled, who still find this stuff kind of interesting. And I think it's yeah. interesting because that that the idea of expectation should be set more as the idea of aspiration and what you are willing to work for, push for, to get to where you want to be. Having the expectation of it without the desire to put in the work and also the firm understanding that crossing every T, dotting every I, still might not ensure that you make it to said expectation. Right. And that's just the way it is in life. And and Pat said it artfully. I think we've Tom. You've said it really well in a few different ways. You 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 wanted to be the biggest rock band in the world, but instead you have a loving family and three children. You won. You did well. You know, if you look, this is just my perspective. If you make it past the the uh, average, average life expectancy, without like painfully degenerative diseases of some type. Just call it a dub, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like when you, I don't want to get. I've been weirdly heavy. Mm. I'm gonna get emotional. You ever see people be petty, and you go, "Is nobody in your life dying of cancer?" You know what like, I is mean? Is your life that right. good that this is what you get? <sighs> fucking all hopped, mm. hopped up you, on. Like you got infinite time. Is nobody going to jail? Is nobody right. dying? Is, right. is is the food kitchen down like the food pantry down the block? They don't need your help for anything. Oh, like, forget that. I'm talking on the very like personal. any other He's talking real purely problems. selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't expect bubble. people to be altruistic. I just mean like, so, like, yeah. You got nothing else to consume your time because it is such a fucking blessing. You know, speaking of mind force, Jay and I had a nice moment. We were talking about it's a blessing to not have done something that you can't live with. That's a blessing. 
We know people who went to war who think about things that we, you and I, never want to think about. Right. Nope. It's a blessing. We're seeing shit or a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's a blessing. So, like, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, uh, I think that people, it's great to be ambitious. I'm still more ambitious maybe than I should yes. be. But like, but that's pushed you through. Well, that's true. But, I mean, I feel like you know, like your ambition without your ambition, drug church probably doesn't pop the way it has. Maybe uh, that without, without your ambition, you don't make it to drug church. Oh yeah, because maybe. you don't you stop doing music after right, or you do self defense and it's great, everything's cool. Mm. But like your ambition, like I think drug you, church is an ambitious thing for you. I think well, I think this is miss, not your comfort zone. I think ambition is manifests itself in different ways because you're not wrong about drug church being ambition. I think ambition also manifests in sticking with a project because you purely love it and want to go with it. That's difficult for people to understand. And if as you an ambition, if yeah. you gave that up, if people mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, self defense, end of year." Well, you guys, yeah, you cool Put little Albany cool band, records, yeah. right? Called it a day, and you went mm-hmm. and got some job, whatever, right? Nobody mad at you, but you don't make it to doing other music, and it's like, all right, maybe you would have been a happy claims adjuster, or maybe you wanted to hang yourself. Yeah. Um, yo, that's that's a part of ambition too, is the idea of sticking with it and understanding a door closes doesn't maybe that door doesn't reopen doesn't mean you can't make a new door. There's also different ways to conduct your life. There's mm-hmm. motherfuckers that jump from one opportunity to the next in this kind of like. You know, maybe it, Frogger way. Yeah, but but listen, there's something to be said for it. I I, I just I just I'm in a little discord with the uh, mm-hmm. fellas in 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 uh, comic books, and the guy just said, "Hey, can I ask everybody's advice?" I committed to X thing. Yep. I uh, well, do like I committed murder. What do I do with the body? I was like, "Where is this going?" <laughs> I, I I committed to this uh, this thing, and I got a better offer. I I want to be a loyal person. I also don't want to sell my wife and children short. Right. What do you got? How do you recommend that I, and my advice is to stay loyal, but take that person to the limit. You know what I mean? Is to say, Hey, this other entity can do more for me. What can we do? What can we do? Um, I don't want to fleece you. I don't want to take advantage of you, but I hope you can understand my situation. And that's my idea of loyalty, right? But then there's another person that just doesn't blink. They go to the bigger opportunity with a, hey, maybe in the future guy. You know what I mean? Yep. They're just different ways to conduct yourself. Sure. And right or wrong is irrelevant in that situation. Yeah, I don't, it's I, perspective. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I stick The stick-to-itiveness. Yeah. You, would you oh, say you... Would you say would you say you God I do that poor man's voice Like I'm in like a Nazi rock act <laughs> oh, Definitely Rahoa vibes yeah. Shit, yeah So Tom What is the Would you say you were Definitively kicked out or you left Which Give me both um, Indecision was more of a like You're fired I quit Yeah mm. okay Because I had gotten into grad school Yeah and they right. want to continue the tour. I'm like, what? For no reason. Yeah. Like, right. nothing's happening. Yeah. Like, not that I expected to be the biggest band in the world, but it's like, you know what sucks? Screaming in front of nobody. Yeah. Like, it's cool for y'all. You get to play guitar for half an hour, jerk yourself off. It's great. <laughs> like, for me to get up there, like, this hurts. Yeah. This doesn't feel great to yeah. yell. And we've done this three summers in a row. And I need the haptic feedback of human beings. And no one get like, yeah. it's not, you know, we'll play, like, certain places and it'll be good. Right. But for the most part, it was bunk. Yeah. So it was kind of like, 
I wasn't having fun. They weren't having fun with me. Mm. I probably it was like one of those things. I was in an un- unhappy marriage. Yep. Yeah. That I might not have pulled the trigger. Yep. Because it was like that was also my social group. Yep. It was social group friends and I, then social circle beyond that. Right. Well, I mean, quite honestly, I, had, I I'm not. This is gonna sound really dickish, but I had hardcore lockdown. I didn't really need them for like. I could go to a show tomorrow and know everybody at that sure, point. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. So I'm like, they weren't. They didn't go to shows. Yeah. These are your friends, yeah. They were like those are the dudes. Like we went to like their houses on the weekends. Like we hung out all the time. Yeah. So like my other friends that weren't in the band who hung out with them, it was kind of like, oh, I won't see them anymore either. I guess um, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of sucked because I so I would probably stuck around and swallowed shit just to be able to like still have like my friend group. Okay. Yeah. Uh, most fresh blood, I was definitively kicked out because like shit was rocking. Like we were, it was great. The, bold of them. You must have been a real pain in the ass in their view. I wish I could tell the truth, man. <laughs> well, no. No. I mean, there were some personnel issues. Sure. Right. That were going back and forth. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was sort of members were getting kicked out and then let back in and then kicked out and then let back in. Yeah. Right. And, like... I was kind of caught in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't, because honestly, I went into Most Precious Blood knowing that I wasn't the coolest person to be in a band with in Indecision. Okay. Right. I was fucking depressed. Yeah. Right. I'm gone right. for 60 days. Europe was incredible. Europe is one of the greatest times of my life, both times. Mm-hmm. To be able to do that shit, fucking coolest thing, one of the coolest experiences I've ever gotten to do. Right. Amazing. If it wasn't for Europe, I would. I'm no different from a demo band that didn't do anything. Interesting. Even though we put out records and stuff, yeah, like yeah. we didn't make any. We made a ton of impact after the fact, mm-hmm. but like nobody's coming to the shows. Yeah, you know, like Atlanta was like our home away from home. Like, yep, we played like Jock's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or we played like the abandoned house next door. Yeah, you we just, weren't headlining the masquerade. Yeah, you but, just like, got good responses. Right, but right, like right. in the smallest way possible. Yeah, you know. But like nothing in vain. Like in decision, I mean, MPB was like on and popping. I don't really know like what was going on because it was like we started new stuff they were writing. Quite honestly, I was like not really that psyched on this. Right. But I figured we'd like work toward. I mean, a lot of those songs became that record with Rob. Yeah. Um. But I think like full transparency, Justin and Rachel dated for like eight years and then broke up in the middle of the band, and he kicked her in and out of the band seventeen. It times. can't. It yeah. can't feel good. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, I'm out somewhere, and I see, like, you know, Rachel, like, hanging out. She's a single person. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. But now I'm like, oh, Justin's, like, home, like, fucking ready to kill himself. Yeah. And she's, like, hanging out with, you know, and now I'm in the middle. Yeah. And you're in the middle not only as a bandmate, as but a friend. a friend. Yeah. I mean, and the funniest story was that I, I don't know if this is the – I don't know if I've ever told anyone this. My last show with MPB was in Worcester, Massachusetts. Mm. Good show. Okay. Um, it was like Austin, The Promise. It was great. Yeah. And Reach the Sky. Oh, oh, no. It was the last Reach the Sky show. Of course it was great. There you go. Yeah. Terror flies out. It's a surprise. All yeah. this sort of stuff. We play the big room. Lit. Nuts for nuts for MPB. Belated. Great. Yeah. And um, Rob Fuse goes there. Mm-hmm. So I go, dude, Shy Lud needs a singer. <laughs> you should legit get in touch with Matt Fox. Like, I think you'd be awesome. And he looks at you and he smiles and he goes, I'll think about it. And then like two days later, that motherfucker was in a band. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that means. It's um, American Sign Language. Oh, what does that mean? Blow it up. 
Big mistake. Uh, oh, okay. I, you kept doing, I'm like, what is that? You know, um, listen, you, you know uh, how you were going to say I, I see Rachel out with so-and-so, right? Yeah, but, like but, it's not my, you know, like. No, I mean, clearly nobody's business. But also, Justin put in a weird position also because you look like a vindictive dick if you kick out a very capable musician who's been your musical partner for many years. The how, most capable musician. Right. Yeah. How, however, ha, however, painful to be in a band with your ex-partner. I'm sorry. So not a good position. The last MPB song that I sang on that also exists on, exists on that first rock, Rob mm. record is a song that Justin wrote about Rachel. Oh. And mm. I was the guy who had to sing it. Oh. So typical my heart that's on that record. Yeah, first, yeah. That, if you listen to that, it's about them breaking up during 9-11 when she worked as a fucking coroner. Mm. She worked in the coroner's office and was dealing with like, dead bodies all the time. Eesh. Busy couple or weeks. Pieces. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I don't know what happened. I know what happened in decision because it was kind of like, yo, this sucks. Well, but like MPB was like, yo, none of these, like, like I can remember being like, yo, Cincinnati sucked. Indianapolis sucked. I mean, Philly sucked for us all the time. Sure. But then I go like, yo, the Shea Cafe was bonkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like places that they're like, Portland's not going to be great. And then like 400 kids showed up in Portland. Yep. Like there were certain places like Seattle, fucking El-, El Corazon, fucking bonkers. And then like, so it wasn't even like, you know, nobody likes this band or it's not going well. I don't really know what happened. I mm. really don't know. Mm. Can And I don't care. I mean, whatever. It's fine. I, I got them both back. So who actually won? <laughs> <laughs> both bands are under my portfolio again. Yeah, that's true. But not by asking people asking us. So I kind of, in the end, last here, perhaps a last question. Yeah, sorry for making this. I don't like to talk about myself. When you, when w- the reason that I harped on when you said I would see Rachel out with, yeah, oh yes, so and so. Did you inherit from your parents a Norman Corman style stand-in individual? So, like, for I thought about it when he said it. My father's is Loopy Doopy. Oh, I'm out, oh, oh, right. I'm out with yeah, you yeah. know, I, Loopy Doopy and I went to school together. Yeah, you know, Mr. McGillicuddy. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Did you? Is that That's him? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. McGillicuddy. Yeah. Okay. And Tom. Um. Yeah. Like. Oh. You know. Yeah. I was out with Magoo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, the thing that my family, the the straw man for my family. So I, I grew up in Sunset Park. Yeah. 80s. Very dangerous neighborhood. Yeah, yep. sure. Yep. Lots of gang stuff. Lots yep. of I'll be honest. When I, when I was there in the early 2000s, I, I went to a, uh, a pool hall in Sunset Park. But getting lost there wasn't fun. No. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> so like not the best neighborhood. Yeah. So there were certain places I wasn't supposed to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the park itself, not supposed to go. Yeah. That's where we used to go play basketball. So mm-hmm. I'd go to play sure, basketball. Sure, sure, sure. Or like... Fourth Avenue is the dividing line because after Fourth Avenue towards Third Avenue, Second Avenue, it yep. gets real fucking dodgy. Yep. So like, you know, I'd come home and like my family had been there forever. Like my mom and dad grew up in Sunset Park and in Red Hook. So like every and everyone knew everyone. Yep. So it'd be like, you go to Sunset Park today? <laughs> like the park itself and not the. <laughs> and and you I say, go, who told you? I'm like, or like, were you on Fourth Avenue today? Who said? I go, no. And I'm like, who said? Like, a little birdie told me. Yeah, a little birdie. A little birdie was A little the birdie. I've, yeah, I had a yeah, little birdie. Yeah, like a little birdie saw you at Sunset Park. I'm like, God fucking damn it. Because they had a park. They had a pool in the park that several people died in. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, in an undertow or, like, so many people, like. An undertow in a pool? 
Like, well, yeah, because people would do like the fucking. Oh, stop. Really? Uh, what do they call that? Like yeah. when they make like the circular. Pool, yeah. Yes. Pearl, and pool kids would get dragged pool, down yeah. and like there were so many people in there. Like they'd be like, oh, that's shit. insane. I'm going to oh say that God. that's an actual horror. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's like, a Saw movie death. Yes, right that's a horror. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it's a it's a Final Destination death. Yeah, that's what I meant, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, literally, the guy, the guy, remember the guy gets sucked down to the bottom from the, the filter? Oh, no, that's it, a terrible death. I don't like those. But um, I just like when because the there's a move. There's, the there's a thing mm-hmm. that oh, we don't have to get into this on the podcast. Talk about this afterwards. It's nothing, nothing about hardcore, but it's about a book that mm-hmm. this guy uh, that wrote about. But I mean, it was like a fucking dangerous ass fucking neighborhood, yeah. and like my dumb fucking lily white fucking pink ass should not be like walking around. <laughs> yeah, like like I had a dude like. Murdered the shotgun in my corner. Yeah. yeah, like was like graffitiing. Heard a noise, came around the corner and got blasted in the fucking face. A little birdie. A little birdie told me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Magoo dead on the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck McGillicuddy didn't hear it. See it he coming? Didn't, he didn't, McGillicuddy saw nothing. Nothing coming. <laughs> Don't ask him again. Yeah. Uh, everybody, thank you. Later. <laughs>it's liam here uh reporting from chicago uh com. i got a a little bit delayed pit report sorry i didn't get this in sooner but life's been a little crazy lately on uh march 17th st patrick's day i went to the beat kitchen in chicago illinois to see drug church one step closer soul blind and lurk uh i i needed some help to get into the show so thanks to all the folks who hooked it up and helped me get in i really appreciate that uh but show was great it was a lot of fun uh got there a little early hung out got to chat with pat hopefully i didn't punish you too much pat uh but uh show was cool as uh the four touring bands the only bands that played up front was lurk from chicago uh, if you haven't given Lurk a try yet, it's it's a little hard to describe their sound. I think it's kind of matured over time. Um, and one of the, in my opinion, one of the, the lamest takes to have to have is the, I prefer their older stuff to the newer stuff. Because, you know, I think bands should be allowed to grow and change and evolve over time. But for me, I really love the uh, first three Lurk releases. There was a demo, or at least what's on Spotify. There's a demo and two EPs. Um, I feel like their second release, which was the EP, uh, I think it's called High Fidelity or High Velocity, something like that. Anyways, uh, it kind of combines a noisy post-punk rock sort of thing with some truly stompy... Uh, almost like 86 mentality parts. Um, I know that sounds like a weird combination, but it really works, and I find their EP super compelling. The EP after that uh, is a little bit more, uh, you can't really say traditional post-hardcore, but it it, 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 it ha- combines some of my favorite elements of uh, a more of a an indie-influenced post-punk with some heavier post-hardcore parts. But both of them are, you know, they're EPs, and they feel like EPs. They feel slightly incomplete. Uh, however, they have a new record that, for me, turns up the the poppiness uh, a little too much. 
And so I was hoping live I'd feel differently. But um, though there's a lot more energy live and, you know, they, they are a very sort of talented and rockin' live band. I still prefer the old Lurk stuff to the new Lurk stuff. But, you know, maybe it's just not for me. Again, I, I, as I said last time I did a pit report, you know, I'm, I'm an old man. So hopefully the kids dig it and this is sort of the beginning of, of big things for them being on this tour. Uh, I think even if the new stuff isn't for me, they're very talented. It's not bad music. It's just not um, something I'm as excited about as, as some of their older stuff. Uh, up next was Soul Blind, who I knew uh, from the one release they put out, a new morality zine, but they've definitely put out other stuff since then. Um, this is another band that's very good. It, it, it's a little difficult for me to approach. Uh, it's very much a '90s influenced band, not just in the music, in the aesthetics. Like everyone, very much looked like what I remember the '90s being like, um, which I guess is cool. Uh, for me, it, it, it's not really my style, uh, but I appreciate the attention to detail musically. Uh, it. it there are some moments that feel very grunge, very alt-rock, other moments that feel very post-hardcore. Like these are clearly uh, dudes who know about hardcore and and uh, let other heavy music influence what they do. Uh, and the vocals are interesting. The vocals, I think, might be off-putting for some people. Uh, at times they have a very kind of uh, either – I don't know if I would say emo, uh, but maybe there's a bit of a, like a uh, shoegaze influence. Um Anyways, the whole thing is very fuzzed out, very heavy. It's catchy, but I think it might be a little too mid-tempo for me, uh, a little too spacey for me, um, which doesn't make it bad at all, you know? Uh, And to be honest, I was still super compelled watching them. I was right up front. I was kind of sucked in by the performance of it. Um, I just don't know that it's something I'll get into later, but... Uh, as you all know, I'm sure this happens to other people who are listening. Sometimes you hear something and it doesn't click for you, but then over time it kind of grows on you. And before you know it, you're like super stoked on it. So maybe that'll be my journey with soul blind. I will say seeing them live. If you like the recorded material, you got to see them live. The energy's there. They're just a a really impressive live band. and, And I really love it. Um, then, uh, next band was one step closer from, uh, Wolf's bar. Uh, by the way, uh, soul blind is from Hudson Valley. So that's great. Uh, uh, one step closer from uh Wilkesbury, Wilkesbar. I don't know. I don't know how you say it. I should know because that's my state, and I love that band. They're great. Um, I've never gotten to see them. They sort of started to happen, uh, in a way where I noticed them during the pandemic, and then I haven't really gone to a show that they were at since then. I was really glad to get to see them. Um, I think musically speaking, they're great. Uh, I think because the show. You know, it's a drug church show, so it's not a traditional hardcore show. So I think they were trying to encourage people to stage dive, much the way that uh, in the next set, Pat would. But it, it, it came off a little bit. Uh, it came off a little bit like a like a Scott Vogel impression that wasn't quite working. So that was a little distracting from what was otherwise a pretty good set. But it was sort of repeating the same thing over and over again: pack it in, stage dive, pack it in, stage dive. It never got quite to the level of charm that somehow Vogel gets to, but it was definitely a, a bit repetitive. Um, but I think sometimes when you're playing, you just sort of say stuff and, you know, it goes with it. Uh, though it was a little distracting, it didn't change the fact that they sounded great. 
Uh, and I, I do appreciate that the crowd was very mixed. So there was a couple people, you know, moshing a little bit, but it was also uh, very much a, a rocker crowd with some people stage diving, some people uh, doing the mildest of push moshing, um, you know, no, no Hessians crushing heads or anything like that. It was cool. It was fun. I liked the vibe. People were excited to be there. Uh, and that vibe got turned up even more for the for our headliner, Drug Church. Uh, even though I've known Pat for a while and I've known about this band for a while, I somehow have never seen them. I think I, I actually, thinking about it, I think I saw a few songs in Asbury Park at some big outdoor punk event where Cox Bar uh, played as well. I think that happened. Um, but I haven't seen them just like a show that was their show, um, let alone at a venue where I could really pay attention because that was an out, outdoor show. I'm so glad I finally got to. Uh, I knew I liked the records, but I had no idea how – compelling they are live you know on this very podcast a lot of jokes are thrown around about uh pat being a top tier front man and it's hard to tell if that's serious or if that's like you know just fun people people uh having fun talking to each other uh i think it's serious i think pat is a serious front man i think the band is impressive live uh granted musically uh, it's a bit of a stretch maybe for some more traditional folks uh in hardcore but i think it's clearly adjacent i think there's some really heavy moments um, and it's all catchy as hell. Uh, and, you know, similarly, Pat, with his own sort of uh, charm, quote unquote, uh, encouraged people to stage dive. And it was great. Uh, it was very instructive. It was very fun. At one point, um, people were like trying to like, uh, you know, uh, ride the crowd throughout the room. So they covered all four corners. It was a little insane, but it was fun. And uh, most importantly, they just were really tight and – uh, I'm really glad because I really appreciate those records. So show was fun. Good vibe. I like the Beat Kitchen. That's a fun venue. Um, I got the pork belly tacos before the show. They're all right. I don't know. I don't know if they were worth the money. So think about that. If you show up at the Beat Kitchen early and order food, I don't know if those tacos are worth your money or not. But still, it's cool. Cool venue. Glad I got to go. Thanks to people that helped me to go. Uh, everyone's great. Take care. Okay, bye. What up, Axe to Grind? This is Jay from Atlanta, longtime listener, first time caller, here to bring a couple pit reports from last week to shine some light on the hardcore that's happening down here in the South. The first show I want to talk about happened on Wednesday, March 16th. The lineup was Drain, Pain of Truth, Ingrown, Zulu, and locals living in fear and first day out at a venue we have down here called the Doghouse. Now, if you're even a casual listener of Axe and Grind, I'm sure you have heard Drain. I'm sure you've heard Pan Truth. I'm sure you've heard Ingrown. I'm sure you've heard Zulu. Each band is fucking phenomenal. Each band puts on an amazing live show. If for some reason you haven't checked them out, please check out each and every one of those bands. You will not be disappointed. With that being said, I want to use this pit report to shine some light on the locals and the venue. Um, first off, starting off the show was first day out. Um, both First Day Out and Living in Fear I've been following since the demos. I'm huge fans of their music. They're my friends. I'll support them any chance I can get. Um, First Day Out plays this really great, fast, in-your-face, fuck-you attitude hardcore in the vein of Rival Mob. If that's your shit, please check them out. They've recently put self-released a 7-inch called Cruel World. It's fucking fantastic. Um, Living in Fear... If you are all about this crossover thing that's happening right now in the vein of Dead Heat, in the vein of Power Trip, um, with a little bit of New York hardcore thrown in, Living in Fear is 100% your band. I can't recommend them enough. You will not be disappointed. Uh, They've got two LPs out. Um, They have a split out with Endgame from Calgary on KOTP. 
Um, both First Day Out and Living in Fear have huge plans coming in the future. Both bands are going to be making big moves. I highly encourage everyone to check them out. Um, I also want to shout out the venue, a venue called The Doghouse, which was built, it's run, and it's operated by one of the younger guys here in the scene. It's completely DIY. It is the coolest venue on earth. If you're a band and you're coming through Atlanta, 100% please play The Doghouse. We will always show y'all a good time. I've never had a bad time at a show there. Um, this Drain, Pain of Truth, Ingrown Zulu show was easily in the top three, if not the biggest show we've had at that venue yet, and we're only getting bigger. Um, Atlanta has such a cool, vibrant scene with so many cool venues. I highly encourage anyone who's coming down this way to play a show here. Um, after that, we had... Uh, me and some friends drove up to Chattanooga on Friday, March 18th, to a venue called Poor Taste. Um, it was the first hardcore show they've had at this venue, and it sold the fuck out. The lineup was Hard Way Out from Chattanooga opening, Joy Boy on tour from Louisville, um, Strangle You from Atlanta, Hesitate from PA, and Gum from Chattanooga headlining. Um, I want to start out by start off by shouting out Hard Way Out. They are playing just this fantastic, heavy hardcore um, that will be right at home on stage with bands like Purgatory or Karma. If you're into heavier bands like that, please keep an ear out for Hard Way Out. That band gets better every time I see them, and I'm so fucking excited for where they're going. Um, up next was Joy Boy from Louisville playing a really cool punk sound. I was helping out with a merch table, so I did not get to fully watch their set, but from everything I saw, they had the audience in the palm of their hand the entire time. After Joy Boy was my friends in Strangle You. Strangle You is one of my favorite bands in hardcore going right now, and I don't just say that because they're my friends. They uh, do this amazing, just straightforward hardcore that has elements of blood for blood, elements of sheer terror. I hear a little bit of mongoloids in their sound. Um, they just play this really amazing, straightforward hardcore, but with um, lyrics that, in my opinion, are unparalleled. Uh, came in the vocalist is writing some of my favorite lyrics in hardcore. It's just talking about his personal experiences, but it's from a point of view and a take that I personally have never heard before. Um, if you get a hold of Strangle Use music, please study the words. Um, they just put out a 7-inch on LDB Records called The Only Solution, and it's been on repeat nonstop. Um, please go check that out. Coming up next month, um, April 22nd and April 23rd, they are having a two-day record release show uh, down here at the doghouse I just talked about. Um, both lineups are insane. Um, day one is at the doghouse. It's April 22nd with a bunch of locals, Surus, Symbiote, Malicious Wounding, and of course, Strangle You, as well as Fool's Game coming down. I believe this will be their second show ever. Um, day two, also at the doghouse, Life of Pain, a new Atlanta band is opening. Gum from Chattanooga, who I'm about to talk about. Jab from Long Island. Living in Fear from down here. Constraint from Louisville. Bitter fucking End is playing. And Strangle You's closing day two out, uh, headlining both shows. It's going to be such a fun fucking weekend. Every band on this lineup is fantastic. If you can make it, please come down. We'd love to have you down at the doghouse. Um, so huge shout out to Strangle You. After them... Uh, Hesitate, like I said, from PA, uh, they were on tour with Strangle You, and that was a band I came around to late, but one of my friends turned me on to the latest uh, EP they've put out, and it is it is so fucking good. I 
it, it's you know it, it's fairly straightforward hardcore with some heavy mosh parts, but the singer has just this really unique cadence, um, and I love I just love the way he delivers all the lyrics. Uh, String you and hesitate did a four day run. This was the first day. Um, if you happen to catch any of those dates, I hope you had a fucking blast uh, like I did in Chattanooga. Again, keep an eye on both bands. They're only going up from here. Uh, and then after that, uh, the, the Homies and Gum, Chattanooga's um, staple band lately, uh, closed out the show. Uh, Gum plays just this unique punk hardcore with this just infectious grooves thrown into it. They are playing music that I do not hear anywhere else in the hardcore punk scene. I think Gum is a truly unique band. Um, and they only get better and more creative with every release. Please, absolutely, please keep an eye on Gum. Um, all right, that's my pit report. I hope I didn't go too long. Um, shout out Axe Grind. I want to shout out Chattanooga and Atlanta Hardcore. Shout out the venues. Shout out the bands. If you're coming through here, play Port Taste in Chattanooga and play the Doghouse in Atlanta. Play with Gum. Play with Hard Way Out. Play with Hesitate. Play with Strangle You. Play with Living in Fear. Play with First Day Out. Uh, there's so many cool bands and so many cool venues coming out of this region. It's It puts out some of my favorite hardcore, and the scene is just so vibrant and unique. I encourage any and everyone to play Chattanooga and play Atlanta. Um, if y'all play me, thank you for having me. Hey, what's up, Axe to Grind? This is a pit report from your friend Vince from Toronto. I went to two shows over the last two weeks, and it's special for me because unlike you Americans, um, we actually went through another lockdown after Omicron, so we've been sitting in the house chilling, doing nothing since the end of November. So this is the first shows I've been to since the end of November. Um, I'm going to try and keep this as quick as possible. First show I went to... Cancer Bats, Comeback Kid, A Wilhelm Scream, and Mill Spec at the Phoenix Concert Theater. Um, Mill Spec sounded good as hell, those new songs on World House. Um, I don't think they've gotten a chance to play them a ton live, but they sound super elevated, next level shit. If you can see Mill Spec play those World House songs, make sure you go and see them because they're on some next level thing you think you've seen mill spec play but you haven't seen mill spec play till you hear them play the world house songs a wilhelm scream they were screaming they were wilhelmy it was it was good they played that song with the crazy bass solo but i was in the bathroom and i missed half of it which sucks because that was the only song i really wanted to hear from them and then comeback kid haven't heard that band or actively followed them in like a decade at this point. But man, did they put on a good live show. Um, all the uh, 35-year-old guys in denim jackets were going bonkers for it. And it was just a great atmosphere, great live show. I left before Cancer Bats because I hadn't eaten anything all day and I was having uh, visions of shawarma dance through my head. So I uh, didn't see Cancer Bats, but... My buddy said they were good. And then um, the next show I went to, uh, Touche Amore tour package at the Velvet Underground. A little bit more intimate of a venue. Um, the, the crowd there was a little bit more hip, I would say, although it was definitely a Touche crowd. But 
Uh, you know, people were wearing masks a lot more at that show. Um, definitely people there to see the opening bands as well. Uh, I miss Scowl due to traffic and other bullshit, which I was super not pleased about. Um, but I got there right in time to see Military Gun, who killed it. Um, and uh, the only pro- the only thing is those dudes were rocking the stage in their coats, which I thought was a little... Uh, a little strange. Um, I was worried for them that they were going to overheat, but they they pulled it off. They were really good. Um, Vane. Unfortunately, I've seen Vane like three or four times, and unfortunately, it wasn't a Vane crowd at the uh, the Velvet Underground last night. Um, would my buddy from Montreal sent me some videos where people were like somersaulting in the pit and head walking on each other. Wasn't really happening in, in Toronto, which I was kind of bummed about, but the new song sounded pretty good. I was excited to see them. And um, Touche Amore, another band, which, you know, ha- probably haven't listened to in a decade, but put on an unbelievable show. I was uh, very stoked. The songs that I by them that I... Um, I'm not super familiar with from their newer album sounded really good. The classics sounded great and um, I was super excited. I don't know when this is going to go up, but um, we have a show next week, a little bit more of a local flavor. It's uh, a, a, an oi band from Montreal called Beton Armé. I think that's what it's called. Um, Tajme, which if you're from Toronto, you should know Tajme. The Fact, same thing. If you're from Toronto, you should know The Fact. And then one other band. Let me just, uh, I'm going to look up the name of the band here and edit this. The band name is Beyond the Pale, and that is at the Seascape 347 Keel Street in Toronto. Um, Hopefully this gets out in time for people to get there and hear it. If not... Hopefully someone comes with a pit report from that show because it's probably going to be pretty dope too. I hope I don't have COVID so I can go see this. But I will see you guys, talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Oh yeah, my bad. That last show is on April 2nd. So um, make it out. Bye.